0: Welcome to Beach House 34, where we will venture into the world of the unexplained, the mysterious, and the deeply frightening. Prepare yourself to hear stories that will send chills down your spine, have you glancing over your shoulder, and questioning your reality. Here's your host, Christine Wirth. Hey everyone, it's Christine here from Beach House 34. First off, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a listener. I am so grateful for you being here. If you enjoy the show, it would mean a great deal to me if you check out my Patreon site, which lets you contribute to help keep this show going. Support starts at $3 a month and goes directly towards covering the expenses for the show itself and helps it to grow even bigger visit visit sorry beach House 34 podcast on Instagram and you'll see the link right there in the bio. Another way that you can help if you'd rather not do that is to just give a like or a comment on YouTube or subscribe through your favorite podcast platform. No matter what you choose to do, know that I am forever grateful. Thank you. This week I'm continuing with the Halloween themed episodes and bringing you, a story about a haunted doll. No, not Annabelle. I covered her story last year on episode nine. No, this doll is different. This is the story of Robert the doll. When you think of Key West, Florida, you might think of Jimmy Buffett. May he rest in peace. Tropical climates, the coral reef, key lime pie, or just simply a warm, laid-back place. You probably don't think of a haunted doll, but that's exactly what you'll find inside the Fort East Martello Museum on South Roosevelt Boulevard. In this museum, there is a doll about the size of a five-year-old child who is over 100 years old, and his name is Robert. Now, Robert is stuffed with wood wool known as Excelsior. It's a very coarse and fibrous material that is still flexible. His face is made of felt that really shows its age. And within his face, you can see lots of small holes in it from a prior termite infestation. His eyes are nothing but black beady buttons that visitors have said that they've seen what appears to be some kind of life in those eyes. His mouth is a stitched line and he wears a child-sized sailor suit, complete with a hat. He sits tethered to the chair inside the museum, inside a clear protective case because Robert keeps moving. People from all over the world come to visit Robert because of the stories that they have heard about him. Many of these visitors, thousands actually, have written letters to Robert after visiting. These aren't fan letters, though. Some of them are, but many of them are not. These are letters apologizing to Robert. So, why would grown adults feel the need to write a letter to Robert apologizing? Well, you see, when you visit Robert, there are rules to follow. You may not take his photo without first asking permission. And after you have taken your picture, you must say thank you. It may sound silly to have a to have to ask a doll for permission, right? To take his photo. But some who haven't or who have asked permission but didn't really believe in what they were saying ended up having a string of bad luck follow them after their visit. And some luck was so bad that they felt the need to write him a letter apologizing. Now, one of the letters that Robert received went a little something like this. Last year, my family and I visited you. We had heard stories and decided to pay you a visit. We came to the museum and asked your permission before taking a photo of you. We believe now that you knew we were not true believers. Two weeks after we got home, our new kitten suddenly died. My bank account was hacked twice. My bird died. My son fell and fractured his skull. The hotel that we were staying at on vacation Started on fire, and I am being laid off from a brand new job. My husband and I have separated. I am now at the point where I am desperate, and I truly believe in the power you possess. I kindly ask that you remove anything negative surrounding me and my family. And another one. A woman and her boyfriend had visited uh, the museum to see Robert, and her boyfriend wasn't a believer. He made fun of Robert. Not long after they left the museum, they missed their flight back home. Now, this in and of itself isn't really unusual. Her bags, when they finally did get back home, her bags arrived just fine, but his were lost. Again, not really unusual, but now we've got two incidents right? Her boyfriend was diabetic and the suitcase contained all of his diabetic supplies. The third incident that happened to this couple was when they got back home, their dog friendly to everybody began to attack the boyfriend growling and even trying to bite him. The final straw was that when they were going over the pictures that they had taken uh, during their vacation, All of her photos came out great while all of the boyfriend's photos were ruined except the ones of Robert. Her sister is now planning on visiting and asking Robert to remove the curse. Can you imagine not only having all of this happen to you, but then you look at your camera only to find that the only images there are of Robert the doll The museum has thousands of letters just like this, and they have been written to Robert, which they keep and catalog. So how did Robert even come to be? Well, Robert was created at the turn of the century and given to a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto. Now, at the time, Robert was four years old. He came from a very wealthy family in Key West, Florida. The stories vary, though, as to how the doll came to be owned by Robert. Now, I'm going to pause here because if you're a little confused with the names right now, that's completely understandable. You see, Robert Eugene Otto, the boy who was given the new doll, decided after getting the doll that the doll's name would now be Robert. And the boy would now go by his middle name, Eugene, or Jean for short. One story, which sounds really scary, but it's great for storytelling, is that the doll was given to Robert by the Jean, by the daughter of a servant girl who lived in the auto home. The servants were mistreated, and the doll was cursed with voodoo before it was given as a gift to Jean, Yet another story is that Gene's grandfather, who was a sailor, purchased the doll from a man he met on a boat trip on the way to the Dry Tortugas, which is a group of coral islands about 70 miles off the coast of Key West. However, Gene's grandfather died in 1885, long before Gene ever received the doll. So we know that this cannot be the source of Robert. The more likely version, based on the book Robert the Doll by David Sloan, published in 2014, was that Jean's mother made a trip to Hamburg, Germany, and this is where their family is originally from. And on her way back, she had brought the doll with her to give to Jean. So it was discovered that Robert was, in fact, created in Germany. And he was created, most likely, as a clown by the well-known Steiff, company. I hope I said that right. Robert was an extremely rare doll and may actually have been one of a kind. And only those with money would have been able to purchase him because he was so expensive. Now, Gene's mother brought him back because she felt bad for Gene. Gene was the youngest in his family and he didn't have many friends. Immediately, Gene and Robert were inseparable. Gene didn't go anywhere without robert and jean's mother swore that she could hear two distinct voices coming from jean's room when jean was in there by himself with robert whenever something bad would happen in the house like something would break for example and jean was blamed for it he always said robert did it he did this for his entire life whenever he was around robert Let that sink in for a moment, his entire life. But let's get back to the voodoo claim for just a moment because you see the Ottos had servants in their home, as I've mentioned, and they were a couple by the name of William and Emmeline Abbott. Now, a rumor has circulated that Emmeline had an affair with Jean's dad, Thomas. This affair led to a child whom Emmeline gave birth to and lost somewhere between 1900 and 1910. Now, not much is known about the child, including exactly how old she came to be. And aside from the fact that it was a girl. Now this child would have been around and in the home while Jean was also growing up in the household. One claim was that Emmeline was so distraught about losing her child that she put a curse on Robert the doll. Another claim is that she performed a voodoo ritual to have her daughter's spirit housed inside the doll. And again, no one knows the real truth, but it is another theory as to how Robert came to be who he is today, which we'll get into in just a little bit. Now, one of Robert's caretakers much later on Um, after Gene had passed away, had done some research and found that even as a teenager, Gene never went anywhere without Robert. When Gene turned 16, his father passed away. As Gene finally turns 18, he finishes school and he decides to go off to study at college and he even went abroad. But he didn't surprisingly take Robert with him. In the meantime, Robert resided in the same Key West home where Jean had grown up. While Jean was in Paris studying art and painting, he met his wife, Anne, who was a pianist. Now, Anne too was from the States, she was from Massachusetts, and she too was studying abroad. The two decided to move to New York, where Anne became a well known pianist and Jean became her songwriter. All the while, Robert is back in the house in Key West. But when Jean was 45 years old, his mother had gotten very sick. So both Jean and Anne packed up and moved back to Jean's original home in Key West. Jean's mother... Passed away that same year and left the house to Jean and his siblings, but his siblings signed over their shares of the home to Jean. It didn't take long for Jean to resume his relationship with Robert. Here's the thing, though he never mentioned Robert to his wife ever. When they arrived at the home, according to a docent at the museum, Not long after they arrived back there, he went and got Robert and told Anne that he wanted to introduce her to his best friend. It was as if Gene was a kid again. He began to spend most of his time with Robert. He even created a special attic room for him and built child-sized furniture and toys for Robert. Remember, he is 45 years old at this time. As time went on, Gene began to spend countless hours in the attic. He even decided to start painting again, and he did so in the room with Robert. Robert was often right by his side, near a window, sitting in the chair that Gene had built for him. It was rumored that as Gene did his paintings in the upper portion of the house and left the windows open, that people on the street would swear that they saw Robert move on his own. At one point, a plumber had to come to the house and do some work up in the attic where Robert was kept. As he's working, he hears a giggling from behind him. When he turned to look, he noticed that Robert had moved from one end of the room to the other. He ran from the house and said he would never come back. And in the meantime, is angry that Jean is spending so much time with Robert. She wanted to do something with her talents as a pianist. She wanted to just simply play piano at church. But Jean wouldn't let her. She then did a lot of volunteer work within Key West and was a part of many organizations, and she became very well-known and very well-liked. Not something that Jean was happy about because it seemed that wherever they went his wife got more attention than he did. As a matter of fact, whenever they had a showing of Gene's artwork at a public event, he made Anne wait outside for at least five minutes before she was allowed to come in because he didn't want the attention taken off of him. Gene was also very particular about the house. If he noticed something out of place, he took a picture of it and made sure to show Anne so that she knew where things were supposed to go. As the years went by, Gene began to develop Parkinson's disease and he would spend most of his time in the attic talking to Robert instead of his wife. Gene died in 1974. After Gene died, Anne found out that Gene had left everything in his will to his older sister, including the house. This was definitely not something Anne had expected. And even during this time, she had to plan her husband's funeral and burial. When Anne had to decide how to cover her husband's gravesite, which was usually done with brick at the time, she decided to have it covered in concrete saying it's good enough for him. Anne begged Jean's sister to keep the house. And she was able to, but everything they had collected from overseas, including artwork and antiques, was taken by Jean's older sister. This left Anne with almost no money. And so what she did is she sold the Otto family home to a friend who knew both her and Jean and moved back home to Massachusetts. Now, Anne did not take Robert with her. She left him at the house. The new owner, William, wanted to burn the doll. He knew the story of Gene's attachment to it and it made him a bit uncomfortable, but in the end, he never did. He instead sold the house to some friends, William and Myrtle Ruder. Now, Myrtle would become Robert's caretaker from that day on and for the next 20 years. At one point, the couple had decided to go on an extended vacation and they had people in the house taking care of it. Robert, while they were gone, was still in the house inside the attic. Now, the caretakers claimed to hear constant noises from the attic, noises like little kids laughing and other times as if someone was moving things around. They would check, but they would never find anything. After about the sixth time this happened, they realized Robert had moved locations. They began to blame each other, thinking that they were pulling some kind of prank. After a few more instances of this noise, and again heading to the attic, they realized that Robert's head would be looking in a different direction or that his legs were crossed, and they came to realize that this was no joke. Over time, many stories have circulated about those who have owned or been in the presence of Robert. One of those stories is that Myrtle's husband passed away from carbon monoxide poisoning. The story goes that Myrtle found him in their driveway while they were still living in the original auto home and that her husband was still inside the car, which was filling with fumes. It was chalked up to be a faulty exhaust system. However, as of the publication of the book Robert the Doll in 2014, William was still alive. The Rooters sold the house in 1980. Myrtle took Robert with her. They moved to an apartment in Key West, and Myrtle, much like Jean, had grown to be attached to Robert, so much so that she would dress Robert in pajamas on Christmas Eve and place him by the Christmas tree. One story is that Myrtle was getting ready for bed one night and she couldn't find Robert. A light was on in a closet, and when she went to go check it out, the door slammed behind her and she couldn't get out. After some time, the door opened, and there she saw Robert sitting in a chair where he hadn't been before. This occurred in 1994. The next morning, she took Robert to the museum. And told the curator there, quote, this is Robert the doll. He belonged to Gene Otto and he's haunted. I need you to take him. 101 days later, Myrtle died. The museum wasn't sure what to do with Robert. The manager of the museum put Robert in a chair in his office right across from his desk He would glance up every so often and Robert always seemed to be on the verge of slipping off the chair. He also got the impression that the chair had moved a few inches and then back, but he could never prove that. The museum director who shared the office with the manager didn't like Robert. She worked at night and if Robert was in the office, she wouldn't go in. They could never tell If the doll was moving, but they would find it slumped down in its chair, which scared the museum director so much that they moved Robert into storage. Again, even in storage, people would claim that they heard giggling and swear that Robert moved. So what they did is they would put chalk markings, I guess, around him. And the next morning he would be found outside of those markings. Starting in 1996, the room where Robert had lived had its windows covered with roll up shades and people on the street would look up and they would see the shade move back to the side as if someone had been looking out the window. At the time, remember, Robert is in the museum, so some have speculated that it is Anne who still resides and haunts the original auto home, now referred to as the artist's house. Back at the museum, it took them some time before Robert was moved to a display area. And after people began to have experiences with Robert that couldn't be explained, they moved him into a clear enclosure, Now, today, Robert has his very own room within the museum. He's still within the clear enclosure. The case where he is housed is covered at night. Now, the museum's construction actually began in 1862, and it became, it was meant to be a Civil War fort and tower, And it was created to offer extra protection for Key West to defend against a possible assault by sea from the Confederates. Now, none of this ever happened. And when the war was over, the fort was abandoned and still unfinished. And according to a tour guide at the museum, part of the reason the museum wasn't finished was because of a yellow fever outbreak. And in 1863, the museum became a makeshift hospital For those with yellow fever. Now the reason that I bring this up is that because obviously there have been deaths within this location. The location is already charged and so bringing Robert in probably didn't help matters much. It wasn't until 1950 that the Key West Art and Historical Society along with volunteers cleaned it up and turned it into a museum. And in 1972, it was actually added to the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. So back to today. In 2022, a documentary on Robert was shown on the Travel Channel, which featured a well-known medium by the name of Cindy Kaza. When she visited Robert, she said that she felt as if Robert is a host to many spirits, believing that somewhere along the way... Robert was made to be a portal for any and all spirits to travel through. Now, not all of these spirits are bad, but according to Cindy, one of them is a particularly bad one. Quote, blame it on Robert is a well-used excuse for things that happen inside the museum. There always seems to be issues with electronic devices around Robert. And one visitor from Idaho took pictures throughout the museum but when he checked, all the pictures were of Robert. People often feel a strange heat around Robert. Others even have claimed that they've seen him move on his own. Now, one morning, the docent of the museum actually opened up and saw a single chair placed in front of Robert's case. The museum had been closed all night, and there is no way that that chair could have gotten there. So many odd things have happened since Robert appeared that the museum has begun to keep a journal. Now, the author of the book, Robert the Doll, also claims that while he was working on the book, he had four hard drives go out on him. While all the files on the corrupted hard drives were recovered every single time, the one thing that wasn't was the manuscripts of the book each and every time even the backups of the copies were gone. Many have speculated that the attention that Jean paid to Robert as a young child, and again, as an adult, created the Robert we know today. And it is unknown if this portal that Cindy refers to was created by Robert, by Emmeline, or if it's the spirit of Emmeline's child, regardless of how Robert came to be who he is there have been strong emotions and deep regrets surrounding him. It's likely that Anne also came to hate the doll simply because Jean would spend so much time with Robert. Whether or not Robert had a hand in Anne's misfortune is another story to add to the list of Robert. What we do know, however, is that thousands of grown adults write to Robert asking him to remove a curse that they believe were placed on them after visiting. We may never know 100% the whole true story of how Robert the Dog came to be who he is today, but we do know that there are plenty of believers in his powers, and we do know that he has very specific rules to follow when visiting him in Key West, where he still resides today. If you do visit Robert, don't forget to ask permission before you take his photo. Thank him after you do. And before you leave, tell him goodbye. Above all, be respectful. If you've been to visit Robert, I would love to hear your stories. Also, if you have been to visit and have had a string of bad luck lately you can write an apology letter to Robert and I will have the address and everything within the show notes. If you'd like to hear more about haunted dolls, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, listen to episode number nine, where I talk about Annabelle. I'll have a link in the show notes for you. Um, That will send even more chills up your spine and quite possibly make you want to get rid of all of your dolls, especially if you don't know where they came from. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, if you enjoyed this podcast and want to become a supporter, along with uh, extra perks, consider becoming a Patreon. Um, if not, you can always just like, share, comment, whatever it is that you would like to do that you feel comfortable with. I would very, very much appreciate it. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to cover the uh, next episode of the Darlie Routier trial if you've been uh, keeping tabs on that and then for the next couple of weeks we're going to stick with this whole Halloween theme and uh, get some more scary episodes out there so anyway until then Thank thank you